0: gore and fellow deadites and welcome to our life in horror we are a horror movie podcast with the gore filled side of news physical media and everything spooky my name is brennan and with me is my horror queen sam as always
1: <laughs> hi guys we are our life in horror you can find us on instagram tiktok twitter we also have our patreon up now so feel free to subscribe where we have our after hour shows bonus episodes and more And today we're doing an interview with Jill Jevergizian. and I'm hoping I say that right. Um, She's the writer and director of the movie The Stylist, and she has a new movie coming out. They just wrapped on filming, so we're excited to talk about that. Hi, Jill. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us, and congrats on wrapping on your new movie. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me super exciting um before we get started do you want to plug any of your instagram social media accounts for the listeners
2: yeah um you can follow me on all the places at jill six with two x's um and then the the stylist at the stylist film all over and I run. I tend to run a lot of social medias for people. It's a thing that I do. But uh, another film that I'm helping produce and run the social for is called Black Mold. We're about to make our world premiere at Panic Fest here in like a week and a half. So that should be starting playing lots of festivals this year.
1: Awesome. I'm excited to talk about that one. (laughs) Um, Do you want to play a couple would you rather uh, questions before we get into it? I'm scared already, but let's do it. <laughs> we, we geared them towards you too, so we'll see how hard these oh are. Oh my gosh.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, would you rather give up music or give up filmmaking?
2: Just like listening to music at all? Yeah. Well well, the catch is you can't make a movie without music.
0: Um so
2: <laughs> <laughs> i might have so i don't know i think you can't have one without the other so it's kind of a a bad, hard question so I'd, I'd have to i don't know and mike if i pick movies does that mean i still get music because you need music in movies or guess, is this a I silent guess, film <laughs> i guess you could listen um, to the
1: music in the movies but i guess like music outside of the movies we'll say
2: <laughs> um i really don't know I really don't know. <laughs> See, this is I am not good at this shit. <laughs> that's um, all right. I I can't,
1: I don't know. That's all right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we'll we'll give you a pass for this one. <laughs> Brendan, you want to ask the next one?
0: Yeah. So would you rather make a movie with Wes Craven or John Carpenter?
2: Um, Wes Craven.
0: Why? And
1: why? Yeah, that's quick.
2: Yeah. Um I just grew up. I think closer to his films than I did John Carpenter's Um, of course I knew Halloween but I didn't see like the thing or they I mean like most of his films till I was an adult other than Halloween and uh, the Scream franchise for instance I grew up on like that stuff came out when I was like you know 12 13 14 the first three which for me, it is really hard for me to watch all these young people ranking the new screams and putting like three at the bottom. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is sacrilegious. Um, so, yeah, I think Wes Craven and he, right. he's had such a I guess they both had to have a really cool careers, but. He's gone through so many different phases, and I like I mean, I think all artists I like when they really evolve and they don't try to you know, just stay in the one thing like their whole career.
1: All right good answer uh would you rather a night out partying with friends or a night in watching horror movies
2: um i like both things but now definitely i guess a night in younger me would have said you could probably go out partying yeah i feel that
0: (laughs) yeah definitely um outside of horror would you rather make an action movie or a rom-com
2: an action movie yeah um well, I would make a rom com too, but I really like action movies. And I feel like that's something that's like I opened my eyes since getting in really into like the film scene and seeing how close horror and action can really be. <laughs> Cause I think growing up I just thought of just like mainstream really big like action movies weren't really my thing. And I I think I was wrong <laughs> all that time. <laughs> all right um so we'll get into it then
1: that's all we had for you don't worry <laughs> um where did the name Jill Six come from because I see that's your tag on most things so I'm just curious
2: <laughs> yeah um you guys are gonna learn on them most like I just like I need to learn how to answer questions more succinctly um my, <laughs> my favorite number has always been six and I don't. I think it's because my birthday is February 6th. I was always trying to figure out, like, where did I... De- why did I decide this? Like, really young that that was my favorite number. But then once I started to learn everything connected to it, like, my obsession just grew. I'm, a, like, an obsessive person. So when I learned it was, like, evil and, like, the connection to the devil, then I liked it even more. And then I discovered Nikki Six and Molly Crew and his whole story and was really inspired by that. And then I just straight up stole... The way that he's, you know, Nikki Six spells his name. And <laughs> I d- this was like a nickname when I was younger and I didn't expect it to go this far. And so um, that's why I kind of decided like when I started directing, I was like, I'm not going to go by Jill Six. I wanted to like use a re- my real name and um, I kept it connected to me still through like my production company. But yeah, all right, I just cool. love it. And anytime I see it, even I got lunch today with friends and we were at table six and I was like, lucky number six, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you
1: say that about the birthday because I totally took my birthday number when I was little and said so that was my
2: favorite number too. <laughs> <laughs> We're so creative. I know, right? <laughs> I remember so well this guy telling me like, I played, what was it, soccer or t-ball? I was picking a number for something when I was little, like our, our just our practice jerseys. And I told him I wanted a six and he was like, that's not a very lucky number. And I just remember like, being like oh well f you i mean i didn't think that because i'm like nine <laughs> but i was just like the like natural rebel in me was like well i wanted even more now that you've said that which i yeah. didn't understand why at the time he said yeah.
0: that. <laughs> um where are you from and how did you get into filmmaking and how long have you been doing it for
2: i'm from kansas city and i still live here um and how long have I been doing it? Oh my! I've only realized it's been way longer than I thought. Recently, um, I made my first short in 2013. Oh my gosh, only ten years! It came out in 2014. I'm gonna have to have an, a party for the ten year anniversary or something. But um, I just jumped into it. I didn't go to film school. I had no idea what I was doing, but I loved film my whole life. You know, I'd make stuff when I was really little in a very not serious way, but um not till I was almost 30 I'm almost 40 now did as we know by the 10 years thing oh god um (laughs) (laughs) but um a friend of mine I had like started showing uh independent films here in Kansas City at a screening series that we did once a month and I was inspired to do that by meeting all these filmmakers at a horror convention and that's what really made me realize like real like no like regular everyday people also made movies not just like these like out of reach people like in hollywood i think that's all i thought i never like knew a filmmaker until that point and that's what changed my whole thinking on i was like oh this is like something people can actually do that aren't just like rich people that already have all the connections and so through like showing them i started kind of just like working my way on other people's sets and then my friend eric had the script which ended up being called we called it Call Girl. It's like a very short film with Lawrence Harvey from The Human Centipede two in it, and uh, oh, okay. it's on YouTube. Um, all my shorts are on YouTube, but um, I just, I mean, I was, I had no idea what I was doing like when we started making that movie. I still say like I'm still learning as I go with like every film, but um, once I we made that one, I was just like I felt like I found like a huge passion, and I was just like, oh, this is like. So many things I love in one like making a movie is like fashion, it's design, it's like photography, music like every art form is like in this one thing. So I was just like, I feel like I found a th- like the thing I wanted to do finally. Um, yeah, and it just kept going, and somehow I'm still doing it.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what are some of your favorite horror movies, and how did you get into horror?
2: um favorites are so hard for me i'm just saying you know a lot of people have their like their like top five of like locked in their brain of all these things and i'm like mine will change every time you ask me almost except there's like a few staples like the texas chainsaw massacre i will always bring up yeah. um <laughs> the original texas chainsaw is definitely one of my favorites like, uh, candy man the original and i would just say the original about everything because everything's been remade um is one of my faves i really like you might see a connection in like kind of trap more tragic sympathetic monsters which i try to do with, with the stylist um i but i mean i also love scream like i brought up i don't even know what are some of my favorites so many but um i don't know i've always loved being scared i just that once i like discover that feeling <laughs> you know like playing silly games with friends when you were little like outside in the dark um And then once I discovered there were like scary, like first, like stories, you know, like scary stories to tell in the dark, those books we had, which I wonder if they're still in elementary libraries now, because they're so scary. (laughs) Um, And then discovering like, are you afraid of the dark on Nickelodeon? And then finally seeing like a movie. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so (laughs) I was so excited to like see them for the first time. Which was like at nine and ten years old when I would stay with my friend whose parents did not pay attention to what we were renting, way <laughs> young. Which that was that's not that I'm suggesting anyone does this, but that was the fun way to do it. Like watch it when you're still going to be scared to death of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, once I found it, I was like, I think I just like I don't just love scary. I love I think like any kind of film that's like really confront. Like emotionally confrontational, whether it's like scary or sad or just like the really extreme stuff that like you can't just watch like passively. Like you it engage you really engages you. I Do wish you,
1: I could did, oh, oh sorry. I was uh, just gonna say I wish I could get that first uh scary movie feeling again of like your first movie. <laughs>
2: Me too. <laughs> <laughs> or just that feeling of going to the store and, like, you'd rent something and, like, you'd have no idea what the hell it is. Just, yeah. like, facing it off of a picture. Kids yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, do you remember so, like uh, uh, some of the first couple horror movies that you watched as a kid growing up? Like, anything that, like, particularly, yeah. like, sticks right out?
2: I... Candyman was definitely one of them I remember watching early. And I feel like it's one that stands the test of the time that like I can watch now. And like those still so many scenes that are just like immediate like chills. It's such a good film. Um, but then there's stuff like I remember watching Dr. Giggles pretty early. And actually I was just talking about that that one with a friend the other day. I'm surprised that Dr. Giggles didn't turn into a franchise. It's so like it was I thought like, should we start it now? But Uh, Larry Drake, who played Dr. Giggles, had passed away not too long ago. But um, that one really stuck in my mind for some reason. Uh, I don't know. I remember we would get... I was, like, so geeked for, like, finally watching The Exorcist. You know, like, I remember creating this, like, list of, like, kind of classic films that I wanted... I wanted to become, like, a horror horror aficionado when I was, like, 12 years old. So I was like, what are all the movies that I needed to see so I can, like, be educated and like know how to talk about all this stuff and scream is totally what like inspired that because like this is in the be- early days of the fucking internet but when scream came out i remember finding like a blog or i don't even think we called them blogs yet <laughs> but this was like a list of all the references within scream that like i was too young to even know these references like shitloads of like tiny nods to movies and i used that as like this like like Bible I was like I need to see all these movies and I need to know them <laughs> um but yet somehow I grew up and I still like feel like I. there's so many movies I still haven't seen that I'll mention to people and they're like how do you exist and how have you not seen this movie yet <laughs> um that was a ramble i don't even know what i said <laughs> no, See, this is how i answer questions and then i'm like what was the question did i answer it that's all right oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> i feel you though brendan's been showing me all the og movies just recently so like people are shocked by the movies i haven't seen either and i've been watching horror for like years and years and years
2: <laughs> i mean yes. that's the best part like it's they're like, it's never ending. There's like, a, you could, I don't, we can never yeah. watch every movie that's out there. Exactly. I've been watching all these old movies recently, like old noirs and like really old monster movies that I didn't see. Like finally the the invisible man, like the 1930s original. And I mean, old movies are great. We don't need to. We should all be watching more old movies. I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: <sighs> I love the classic monster movies. I haven't got Sam to watch one yet, but soon.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I haven't gone there yet.
0: <laughs> we'll start with the eighties and then we'll work our way back slowly. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh who are some of your influences in horror?
2: Um oh man. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. <laughs> um as far as like directors, it's interesting. A lot of my influences are like not I guess directly horror people it and a lot of it I don't know I find influences but when it comes to a specific project I'll like then dive into like new things I'm I've never even known about um so it's like very dependent on the project as far as like influences but like in general I don't know I'm more of like a psychological thriller drama horror person so I more think of people like david fincher or uh i can't think of his name paul schrader who made like first reformed and wrote like taxi driver and most of uh, Martin Scorsese's films um i don't know as far as who, <laughs> who are my biggest influences it's like all over the place i, I mean definitely toby hooper um you know chainsaw fame um Wes Craven a lot of, or like Catherine Bigelow is a huge inspiration to me who's you know gone on to make she's like one of the only women to win an Oscar who's went it went from horror to action um, which you should you guys should watch Near Dark a great 80s film uh, which is Catherine's I think is that her first film it's a vampire movie um right. but yeah
0: Sam you've seen it I, I sure have seen it, it. You yes. guys did see it? Yes, must have watched it. I loved I'm, it. Bill I must have been is really tired.
2: <laughs> oh my god, Bill Paxton. Oh, I in that think movie.
1: I, I think I know which one you're talking yes. about now.
2: Okay. It's like the sexiest he's ever been. Oh my god. <laughs> vampire <laughs> Western Bill Paxton. Yeah, so I know hot. what you're talking about now. I, I love <laughs> I love vampire movies. <laughs> I know I didn't discover a lot of vampire movies till like way later. Like I didn't hear see near dark till I mean in the last like eight years. Um a lot of films I was like how I think also because vampire films are they're more mature they're more you know a lot of the 80s movies that we watch as kids are just like the slashers which are no offense like very shallow like they're made for kids there's not much going on not much to think about like vampire movies are made for like adults for sure
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I started off with tv shows like vampire diaries <laughs> and oh hell True yeah blood
2: <laughs> I'm a sucker for all of that like super sleazy sexy stuff like that too It's like a soap opera (laughs) disguised with horror (laughs)
0: yes
2: (laughs) here for it
0: um joe what do you like to do in your spare time outside of filmmaking great question
2: (laughs) what do i do outside of my outside of filmmaking well i'm still this is not spare time but i'm still a hairstylist to i like to say that and scare people when it comes to my movie who is about a hairstylist (laughs) that kills people um (laughs) that's where that whole inspiration came from but um i'm really a big like nature hippie nerd who wishes it was nice outside 20 like 365 so i could spend every day outside um i love like hiking and camping on the lake and all that kind of stuff um i love listening to music i love dancing i dance a lot i uh, go to dance classes for fun honestly um and How watch fun. movies and read and i'm trying to just be a more well-rounded relaxed person which nature is a great thing for that too as well <laughs> um what scares you um i know it's broad. i am a scaredy cat actually In yes yeah. m- in many ways <laughs> not with movies normally but um with uh certain real things like it's so freaking silly um for instance <laughs> I don't even know I can be scared of like explore I don't know of, of the dark if I'm exploring some weird place like I think places things that most people would be scared of but I like put myself in these situations and I'm like I don't know why <laughs> um I like incredibly bad anxiety but I will put myself in situations where it's like triggered so bad I'm like why did I do this on purpose? <laughs> um, like I'll drive when I road trip, I'll drive you know, on purpose, so like really scenic route that's not like the like the typical interstate because I want to see stuff. And like on my way home from this film we just shot, I drove through West Virginia. I was hoping to drive through the mountains, and I drove through the freaking mountains. I didn't know how deep I was going to be going in them. <laughs> I just took a route I didn't st- like study it in detail before I started driving it and then I'm like suddenly so deep in I'm like look to my right and there's this huge freaking valley and I'm like um just look straight forward and don't look <laughs> um but on a real scary thing like another thing with the shoot we were shooting in this like this old mansion um in maryland which is like a dream for me to i love like old architecture and creepy old places and just like being able to see them and me and my assistant director go up there but like this like week a week before we're even starting to shoot and we we don't even have the key (laughs) at this point we go up to the house like total idiots on the full moon which it's the full moon tonight that feels right um and (laughs) we were like just exploring the perimeter of it. It's like I'm trying to scare myself. I don't even understand why. I like parked my car so we could make a break for it as if Leatherface was going to come out of the <laughs> basement. And that is how it felt like what ended up. So we were like going around. This place has a very creepy basement that has like stone stairs to it. And the only way to get in the basements from there, they like, no, you can't go in from inside the house. And we go around the corner and the like basement door is like cracked open pretty big, not just like oh it blew open. It was like this has been moved, and he like shines <laughs> his flashlight down there, and I'm like no 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 no, and then we're just standing there for a second and hear like the set the tiniest sound. It could have like been a leaf blow, and we I ran like I was. Sally at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre for <laughs> my life into the car and just started driving and we're like nothing's even going on probably <laughs> so it's not that hard to scare me he just put me in like a dark room in a creepy place <laughs> um, once like in an actual movie I know it's all like just a narrative and it's fine but in real life things do scare me yeah sure. and <laughs> we we shot like a short film in a prison once too and decided to go explore a dark hallway just to try to get scared. And then they, then they try to lock me in this fucking place. I'm like, that's okay. Don't try to pull pranks on me because I'm way too actually scared for that to be a thing. (laughs) That sounds
1: like fun though. I've been telling Brendan for years. I want to go check out like abandoned buildings and stuff and just, I don't know, get in a scary mood, but we just hang out. I love that (laughs) stuff. (laughs) I know. So do I. Um so we're going to get into some questions about the stylist before we get into the new movie questions. I know you can only really say so much but <laughs> um we actually when the movie came out on Brendan's the collector. I'm not a collector. Was it Arrow?
0: Yeah, it was Arrow.
1: Yeah, when it came out we got two copies when we first started our Instagram page and we did a giveaway with it. We were so excited. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um so Well, I guess you kind of already answered. I was going to ask, how did you come up with the idea? But you are a hairdresser yourself.
2: Yeah. And it really, though, just came from like how. I was had to be at the salon one day and I'm like, how does this not already exist? It's such an obvious idea. This sounds fucked up. All horror movie writer, I think people think like we think about morbid things like all the time (laughs) because you have to (laughs) but i'm in there and i'm like there's so many especially like a really kind of over the top slasher which i feel like that could still i didn't end up doing that version of it um i'm like how does it not exist because there's so many ways to kill or torture somebody in a salon with all like the wax and the chemicals and the scissors and there's like so many things um it just like from that era of Dr. Giggles, like I brought up, there was also like the landlady and the dentist and all these like profession driven slasher movies. And I was like, how does this not already exist from like the early 90s? And so it started there and I'm like, and then I kind of started to lean more into this like psychological thriller, serial killer version. Um, But I still joke slash maybe it's not a joke that I want to make a sequel one day that is like over the top in the Kind of in the vein of how my my one of my favorites, Toby Hooper, did from like the original chainsaw to the sequel of Chainsaw is just like a slapstick comedy. He like intentionally just made it a completely opposite type of film. But um yeah, I just started there. I was like, how does not other than Sweeney Todd, we don't have any hairstylist killers. And I'm like, We need we need this. <laughs> I yeah. felt like I was like a, as a hairstylist, I felt like as like maybe scary as it might sound, but I was like, I can make this the right way or like in a genuine way as, as far as the hair like that part of it the realistic part of it yeah and I mean what they they say to you know write what you know and also like I Robert Rodriguez his biggest teaching in his book uh Rebel Without a Crew is like when you're starting when you're starting out and you don't have if you don't have like a bill, millions of dollars at your disposal is to think of like what are the unique things you do have like as far as locations or things that will up your production value. And it, the stylus started as a short. So with yeah. the short short, I was like, well, I have access to salons. Like I've I've always thinking about locations because locations make your movie look a million times better, depending on if you can find a cool place and it makes sense for the story. um, So I always kind of wrote like that. I thought about locations as like one of the biggest things to write around. Um, so it just kind of came all through all of that. Awesome. Did you um do
1: any of the girls' hair on set since you're a stylist? Or did someone else do it?
2: I uh I didn't. People do ask that a lot though. Yeah. Cause it does make <laughs> I don't on mine um when I'm directing just because it's insanity. I have with this seems on un- un- sexist, and no, I'm gonna say it out loud. But with certain with certain <laughs> casts I have, if like they're if they're people with really short hair, I've done it myself because I know it's not going to take very much time Okay. or, like, really need any styling with the stylist. I definitely did not because I wanted her to be, like, really styled. Okay. Uh, Courtney Jones did the hair and makeup on both the short and the feature of the stylist, and the feature was I wish people paid more attention to, like, the jobs like a hairstylist on a movie like that because they don't get any of the, like, shine and accolades, but it's like, she would, you know, the movie of the style of she's in like the main character is like in every shot of the movie, and she's constantly going through every emotion <laughs> and situation, and so her look is constantly changing. And it'd be like our Courtney would have to like do like three to five different looks on her through the day of like flipping back and forth between scenes, and it's it's a lot of work and a lot of work to keep track of to make sure it all because we don't shoot in order to make sure it's all gonna yeah. match when we put it together. Yeah. Um. But I did hair. This is a great co- connection. <laughs> I did hair on my friend's movie, uh, Black Mold, that I mentioned that's about to come out. Okay. Um that's my first time doing hair on a movie. Even I've done hair in a salon for almost 20 years. But um, that was my first time doing it on a movie. So it was quite a unique experience. But it was really cool to see, like, the whole thing go down from that perspective. I was like, I'm learning a lot to see from over here instead of over there, you know? Yeah.
1: We're just gonna jump roll to roll to roll in different movies. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Learn it all. I feel like we really should. Well, we'd all have a lot more appreciation for how much work everyone is doing for Definitely. freaking sure. Yeah.
0: Um, how long did it take uh the stylist? Uh how long did it take for you to make the stylist from start to finish? Um
2: well, so many ways to answer that. The script we wrote for a couple of years. Like we shot the 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 short we made in freaking 2016, which now is, feels like forever ago. Um, and then we wrote the f- script for a couple years. And once we, but then once we decided actually to make it ourselves, we were trying to make it hopefully with a bigger budget with some uh, bigger producers. But then I just sat down with my producers from the short, and I, after a couple years of us trying to get it made, we were like, we just have to make this. We can't wait any longer, or it's going to be like so old news by the time because the short had been out for so long at that point that I was like we just got to do it and that was 2009 the summer of 2019 we I was like we're gonna start making this and like do a kickstarter and just like piece the budget together as we go um so it was like summer of it was really almost like a year until we put it out so it's like we spent like six months pre-production a month shooting it and then so we shot it like right before the covid really shut the whole world down it was like a miracle in hindsight that we we had no idea that was coming and i mean we knew that we started to hear about it and we looking back we were so ignorant we were like that's not gonna affect us so well yes it fucking was (laughs) um we yeah we shot the movie february 2020 and then you know the whole world shut down in march and then the film was premiering in September at festivals virtually so it was a lot faster than I expected and I think part of that was thanks to us being stuck at home and we were all just working on the movie because we weren't able to do anything else
1: yeah
2: um but yeah it was a whirlwind once we started to finally decide to do it but I feel so thankful in the end that we did it just like with us instead of having like a A big person above us like you know telling us what not to do or what we can do and this way we got to make the movie exactly how we wanted to
0: would you ever want to like make a like a big uh big super big budget when you have like those executive producers potentially breathing down your neck instead of being able to do exactly what your creative mind wants to put on screen um
2: it's hard to Hell yes, I want to make a huge budget movie. (laughs) I will not say no. I mean, you can't make movies like Scream or, like, say the remake of Evil Dead, shit like that. You're going to have big people above you. Um, I don't think all of them are are bad or want to, like, take it away from you. There's just certain types of people that want to, like... You just get this vibe that, like, they want to be a director. Like, they're really trying to... (laughs) Certain people you work with, and it's like, why did you hire me if you just want to, like, make all those decisions instead? (laughs) Um, But no I definitely want to keep making stuff that I have control over I really love to and I love working with the producers from the stylist and um how much they they get we've been working together for so long that they we like get each other's you know like taste and 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 styles um but yeah I definitely would love to make something huge someday or I mean something with I they can call me up to make a fucking star wars movie anything (laughs) but i mean i would love to make like a bigger budget horror movie someday for fun because those are so different than this kind of stuff (laughs)
1: yeah um what did you learn while making the stylist that you will carry over into your future projects
2: um oh man I now I'm thinking about the the <laughs> newest movie because this was so long ago that we made the stylist. Um I guess most of it is like positive stuff is like if I'm going to make something that is lower budget, I'd rather it be a film like the stylist that is a passion project because it even for like my cinematographer and my production designer and the composer for all those people it was a passion project. So everyone was willing to like work on it, work on it forever and ever and ever way, you know, way more than we had the ability to pay them for. And I realized that on this kind of stuff, if you don't have that kind of passion, then it's really, it's almost impossible or, or seems crazy to make stuff at the the budget because our schedules are so tight. We need all that time ahead of time. Um, I know the stylist, I feel like so lucky. It was like a dream come true. Or I guess, some of the things I could say, I don't want to get too de- def- self-deprecating or ta- or point out my mistakes in the movie, but, <laughs> but I've definitely learned where I can, uh, if I could go back and re-edit the movie, I would tighten the shit out of it now, especially like three years after we've finished making it. I've watched it so many times. I'm like, okay, I see where I would tighten things up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's how you feel about everything. The further you get away from it, it's like yeah. a film is never... You could, like, you can rewrite or re edit a movie till the end of time. It's never done. You just have to say, like, we're done. This is it. (laughs) Like, we could change it forever.
1: I think everyone is their worst critic, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you have any fun stories from being on set? Um, Let
2: me think of a story. <laughs> I know it's been a while. Oh, oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of weird ones. Um, we were, yes, we were filming t- that winter of 2020, and here in Kansas City, you guys are probably not many horror fans or f- are sports fans, but I'm a big Ch- a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and that was the year we also won the Super Bowl, and we were f- filming during all the playoffs, and like we were really trying to schedule our shoot. And I was at a and I was there was lots of chiefs things that were concerning to our schedule because we're like, well, if they go and if they win, there will be a parade that like takes over the whole city. I mean, the whole fucking city, like you can't even drive through anywhere in downtown for a whole day. So I was worried not. I was also worried as a fan that we were being like, I was like, I'm jinxing them by even thinking about this, but we have to worry about the possibility because we were gonna be shooting downtown a lot <laughs> like literally on the route where the parade would be oh wow <laughs> and um there's the there's there's a big bachelorette party scene you might remember in the club and yeah. that club was literally on the street where the parade would be going down and we were shooting it during the week where it would have happened and I mean I was, we were literally at like, contacting the city the police like we were getting like early information of if there was a parade what day would it happen? <laughs> And I was like, this was killing me as a fan. I was like, I can't even be talking about this stuff. This is jinxing everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but we did
2: jinx it. you fucking won. And we still shot it at that club the night before the actual parade still. They have, like, the whole street shut down the day before. We brought everyone in. And we have, like, 50 extras in that scene on a fucking bus. They're, like, parked, like, miles away. And... But then yet like 12 of us, probably not that many, maybe 10. Very crazy. Like we're shooting overnight, which means like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And the parade starts at 11 a.m.
3: Oh this is our yeah. second
2: overnight in a row. And like 10 of us stay afterwards and just go like straight to the parade. We just like stay in the bar as they're like opening up for the morning for the parade. <laughs> <laughs> and so all of us are on like Haven't slept normal for like three days At this point we're just going like straight To this parade It was so fucking fun It As a huge fan of the Chiefs and being able to Make this movie at the same time for me It was like so fucking special And I'll like never forget it It was like <laughs> It was like it was like the Chiefs in my movie were like connected. They have no idea. But to me, it was very special. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was awesome. And then this movie we just made and the Chiefs just won again. So I feel like there's a connection. You know, I have to keep making movies. Yeah, keep so the, the Chiefs, Chiefs
0: can- winning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's there's some connection, at least these two. I mean, we hadn't won a Super Bowl in like 50 years before that. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, in the stylist you have a cameo have you done acting before or (laughs) have you never done any other acting before
2: I have not (laughs) I um, was very nervous about doing that actually because oh you did so good (laughs) thank you I'm very camera shy and like that's when my anxiety kicks into high gear and I just am like and I shut I'll like shut down I've like told my people I'll do things and then like back out the last minute. And I know that's not, a, that's not cool. And so I was actually had to have like a real, I like thought about it for a couple of weeks to, before I decided if I was going to do it. Cause I'm like, I can't back out last minute. Like I like to, so I knew we had to like create a prosthetic, like match, get a wig, do a whole thing, like make a prosthetic for my neck. Like all that stuff has to be made weeks ahead of time. And I was like, we can't last minute throw somebody else in there when I freak out. <laughs> So it was terrifying. Um, but, and then I was talking about this on this last movie because it was technically a stunt when I like get stabbed and fall out of the frame onto a mat. And we're, I'm joking because I'm like, well, I was the director. No one cares if I get hurt. I'm not a sag actor. <laughs> <laughs> no one's coming after us if I break my neck. Um, <laughs> and, uh, when I'm doing that part on camera, though, I'm like, I, what have I gotten myself into? I have to, I'm like, I'm trying to act, which I don't know how to do. I have to land on all these marks and fall out of the frame. And like, I'm worried about falling down and I'm, and looking natural and all these things. <laughs> oh my God. But it was so much freaking fun. And again, it, I... I feel like I have a lot of respect for I mean I I admire the hell out of what actors do and like what they have to put themselves through to like stay in these places all day while everyone's just running around and like they'll be laughing and they have to stay in this place and after just that one night of doing that scene I was it was so emotionally draining and I wasn't even doing something that emotional I guess you could I was dying slowly maybe it's kind of- <laughs> I was like I was in tears at the end of the day not because it was bad it was just like I just needed to like let it all out it was like this exhausting experience but so I I mean I would do it again in a heartbeat there's like a dream to like a childhood dream to be like killed in a horror movie um and my friend John there's so many connections he's the director of a black mold who I keep that I keep bringing up he's edited the stylist and he actually came in for that day and was like our second unit director. I had him like behind the camera directing me because I wanted to stay there. I didn't want to be the person who was like going and looking at the monitor after every single take. And then I would be like unfairly judging things that don't matter, like my yeah. face doesn't look cute there, like stupid stuff that doesn't doesn't have anything to do with the movie. So I like, I was like, I'm gonna trust you and I'm not gonna look at it till we're done. Um, which was really cool too. Uh it was so fun.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> You did a good job. Would
2: you do it again? Thank you. Um, yes. Yeah. But, but I'm I'm scared to do something anything too big. That's like the yeah. biggest thing I've done. And every time when I first open the door, when I watch it, I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna say the line. I can't stand to the- <laughs> you know it's <how> hard. <laughs> like, listening to your own voice, like recorded. Yeah. Well, you guys do it all must hear it all the time. So you must be yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> A lot of us, it's like you hear your own voice and you're like, oh my god, is that what I sound like? Why? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> so when I first opened the door in the scene, I'm always like, oh, fucking stab me fast, get past this part. <laughs> <laughs> and Najar actually helped me, the lead actress, she was like, she helped me with some direction in that scene that made, I think made me a better director, period. I'm like, okay, I have a lot to learn. <laughs> I realized in that moment, I'm like, what she taught me just in that scene was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, We saw you are doing some horror conventions in the past, and are you still doing them, and do you enjoy them? And have you been to Canada? I do love them.
2: <laughs> um, I've only been to Canada for festivals. Um, I haven't been to a convention in a few, well, I guess, well, the pandemic's everything's changed since yeah. then i don't even know what the yeah. world what's <laughs> going on in the world anymore i was going i mean I especially the kind of scene in the midwest here in the u.s is it seems like you can go to any of the conventions and you'll see a lot of the same people which i love that it's like you know this like tribe of crazy horror freaks which i'm i'm say that with love that's me too mm-hmm. um you know it's like this fun summer camp and i've we'd play the we'd play movies you know some of the movies adam um i'm a guest at one in texas this summer called final girls uh i don't know if they're calling it final girls film festival but it's kind of more of a convention festival combo um but i haven't in a while in fact i just realized a lot of people were at horror hound weekend this past weekend and i realized how out of touch i am with like even knowing when they happen and i was like oh that's this weekend. <laughs> I love them. I just haven't been in. I don't think since before COVID. So I feel like that's how long it's been. Yeah, we so fun.
1: we just started going to conventions a couple of years ago, actually. So after COVID. Yeah, after, um, yeah. But they're a blast. Hopefully, you can uh come out to Niagara sometime.
2: <laughs> Wait, I need to call one out. You know, I just heard my dog in here. Um, <laughs> there's a conven. I went to one, I was a guest at one last uh May called Frankencon in uh Knoxville, Tennessee, which Knoxville's become like a second home. I go for a lot of horror events. I help with the Knoxville Horror Film Festival too. But I'm gonna be back at Frankencon this year. And it went so well last year. I mean, they had Joe Bob and Darcy there last year, which I think oh, cool. was a great draw, but it was like their first year, Frankencon, and, and it was like packed i'm like i've been at conventions that are like old that aren't even this like well attended and you know there's so many you never know it's a hard thing to start a convention i was just like that's a lot a yeah. lot to do you gotta bring in guests and i'm just like i can't even begin to imagine what that is to like put to organize
1: yeah for sure um,
0: um I'm, oh, gonna, I'm gonna sneak in i got a couple of questions yeah go about, for it I <laughs> a couple more questions we're pretty scripted over here so i'm, I'm going off the rails um the the conversation in the opening of the stylist just seemed to flow so realistically i was wondering if you've had a conversation like that i was wondering I, that too you when we rewatched it
2: <laughs> yes and i will hear people say those words still and i'm like i'm saying this to myself like a total psychopath <laughs> an egotistical psychopath i'll be like see that's real <laughs> like to nobody um but, like, especially the, like, looking through a magazine and seeing, like, every, or, like, talking about your hair and saying, like, everybody wants, or, like, everybody wants what they don't have. Like, that is said, like, every day in a fucking salon, talking about, like, I wish my hair would do this or this or this. Um, The the story specifically, like, the, the woman sharing the story of how she's having an affair. Um, I don't know if, like, that specific, that exact specific, but definitely the idea of how people will share just so much with you um uh, more than they would with people they know it's something about the di- the the layers of disconnect between you know there's not any con- like personal connections or maybe maybe if you do know their people they're not going to tell you that stuff he wants to make a cameo here um <laughs> but yeah and i that's actually something in that scene we don't really show the like the positive part of it but i really l- that's one of the things I love about being a hairstylist is that it is so personal and that it's more than just people coming back to you for hair. It's really because there's like a personal relationship built. And I think that in fact, that becomes bigger than the hair. It's like, you're, you might just be okay at hair, but if they really like you, they're going to keep coming back to see you. Mm-hmm. I think that's like with any, any profession. Um, It's more like personality is as important as talent, even with filmmaking. I always say that I'm like, I'm not going to work with someone who's like crazy talented but like a total asshole which there's a, I think a lot of those people who think they can if they're to a certain level of talent or ability they can get away with treating people poorly Um there I am on a ranch the opening scene of the salon <laughs> but yeah I really wanted to show a lot through the film of the the reality of like a, of a hairstylist's life and like how people talk to them what they say and it's cool. People have like pulled things from it that I didn't necessarily like intentionally, like consciously think of, but I, I see that it's there when people point it out, but just kind of the, the natural, like classism of, of the movie, like being a hairstylist, kind of being thought of as like a, like a help kind of a job and how some people look down on those kind of things and kind of treat you that way. Like you're like, you're less than, and it's funny. I don't, tend to ever feel that way but it naturally it came out in the film and it was cool to see people pull that kind of stuff I'm like wow I didn't mean to do that. the kind of subconscious stuff that I put in the movie that other people notice is really cool to to realize and sometimes scary and, and I'm like this is very <laughs> revealing of myself when people realize certain things about it
0: um also, the film is drowned in an insane amount of color. I'm just wondering how you went from scene to scene, knowing exactly which lighting you would use to set the mood and if you took uh any kind of color theory classes in order to kind of set the mood or
2: yeah, we are crazy nerds for color. I am like on all I tried to be with all my movies. this movie we went really crazy with it. We felt like this being a movie called the stylist we want we like intentionally leaned into like hyper or make it like stupid stylish like real life doesn't look this stylish like we knew like that was our point from the beginning but um we did pick a it's interesting the colors i didn't pick the colors because of what maybe they might mean and like say you look up like what does yellow mean or what does purple mean but we gave them our own we chose the colors and gave them our own meaning. Um like Claire, her her whole life, like her wardrobe, her house, her and all kind of her salon. We made like her the salon like a mix of like her life and the real the rest of the world's color palette. Um but we wanted her to and this carried from the short, like yellow yellow was a, a color we decided the short was gonna be like her main color. And it became an obsession for me, uh, for her to be her, you know, like that mustard yellow. She's wearing it in almost every scene. And then it extends into like her basement scene, which is like all the candles, kind of that like, golden yellow being like everywhere in her life. And um we found the meeting in like in the basement. We were like, well, with this warmth in this basement, normally like a serial killer layers would be a lair would be all like dingy and like more like cool and cold and gross feeling and um we wanted hers to s- still be scary and gross but but this is like her story so we wanted it to feel like a warm safe place so like since this is her story it's not like about the victim and like she's the bad guy she's the good and the bad guy so we wanted that to feel like like a nest like her like this is where she is everything is warm and safe and so It also this like connected this idea of like her color palettes like kind of a feels like it's from the 70s like so every when we like placed her into the real world like at the coffee shop or the club or wherever she really stood out because she wasn't she had everyone else was in a different like we made them like a modern color palette blue purple white. You know, like, she had the yellow, browns, and and greens, and so it was always, like, clashing. And we made, like, her that main other character, Olivia, those were her colors, but I realized, like, the whole world should be looking like that so that Claire always stood out. And we realized it was this idea of, like, she stands out everywhere, not like she's, like, out of, like, she's, like, the awkward weirdo, but just, like, maybe she almost looks like she's from another time or, like, another... She's in her own world. And so that was... So when we, we like decide all that ahead of time, like that color palette, like who, who has what. So we knew like, so it was easy to figure out scene by scene when it comes to like lighting, when when we use like bright colored lights, we only did that like Giallo style, like neons and stuff when it had like natural motivation. We didn't want to do the thing where we just like lit every scene, cool colors, which I like when movies do that. If there's like, they come up with like their own rules and reasons, but we wanted like them to always be mo- motivated from like a real source, so to speak. So like in the salon we put like a a neon outside, like it's an actual sign, like so it's not just like a random pink light on her face. Or like when she breaks into this to one of the bachelor the one of the bridesmaids' houses or apartments, there's red light flashing and we created like that's coming from another neon flashing outside of like a strip club sign which was totally created with cgi which was really cool to do um or in the club we used a lot of the bright lights because clubs have cool lighting but otherwise we didn't do that stuff on purpose because we were like we wanted all to come from a supposed real place uh but yeah so the color meant a lot to us we were and i do that often i like give like either a character a specific color palette or like a or a, or a location or in you know, like, and then we give it meaning like, you know, this, this means this, we're choosing this because I do that with my, with the next, the new film we made, like there's two kind of two different casts of characters. And I was like, this cast is going to be more like green and dingy and they're going to be more like blue and creepy, like a haunted house. And so that's always kind of how I'm thinking. And I totally was inspired to do that by like David Fincher is a big, big into color and like. Things you wouldn't notice unless you studied them. Like his film Zodiac, he uses yellow throughout the whole film. And then suddenly there's like a flip where everything that was yellow is blue for the rest of the movie. And it's like to just show the passing of time. And it's stuff you wouldn't even notice till someone points it out to you. And you're like, but you can just like these kind of things you can just like feel. I feel like like that's what makes movies better than just like, okay, um, are those kind of details. I can go on the rant. I'm sorry. I love fucking color. <laughs> And using just like every detail you can use to make your movie make, like, give it more meaning. And so we went
0: deep into that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that was perfect. I love
2: it. (laughs) Yeah, the color, the color and the
1: stylist was like one of the things that really stood out to me and was one of my favorite parts about it because it was so beautiful. And I'm really excited that your next movie, you thought about that as well, because that was going to be one of my questions if it was more of a grittier movie or if you
2: continued with the colors. So I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you. No, I love to make, I I really want my stuff to be really visually just, you know, I don't know. I can't even find the word for it. I don't want it to all be beautiful and stylish unless like not everything should be beautiful. But, you know, I just yeah. love to make stuff as visually interesting as possible. And for whatever the story calls for or however we can do it, you know, depending yeah. on what the content is.
1: Definitely. Um, We're going to get into the new movie now. So just let us know what you can talk about and what you can't. (laughs) Um, So can you talk about what it's about or maybe what subgenre it's going to (laughs) be
2: at least? (laughs) Man, I wish I could say so much more so much faster. That's okay. They haven't even announced the title. I asked them recently. I'm like, what are we waiting for? (laughs) Uh." (laughs) But I get it. Sometimes (laughs) they want to wait and kind of like have this big like it's all like announced at once, like yeah. poster, here we are, it's going to play at this festival. Um, but it's a, it's a, why can't I find the word? Oh, it's a home invasion type film, you know, kind of oh, like.
3: Okay.
2: It's become a whole subgenre at this point. Like, you know, yeah. the strangers or you're next. I'm like, why there's a million. Why can't I think of them all right now? And <laughs> um, it's kind of what I, what I, But what I feel like I was most excited about about it was that it's like a home invasion film and like a classic haunted house film, like clashing into each other. It's kind of like two different stories going at once. And like it is very exciting in that way. Awesome. Um, Very layered. (laughs) I was really excited about that. Awesome.
0: Uh, How long were you filming for?
2: we filmed for three weeks uh oh, wow. and we just wrapped at the beginning of I think a month from now it feels like it feels very surreal now like I can't I don't have to describe it like I was just like in it 24 7 not thinking about anything else and then like to finally have come home and had a few weeks like separated from it now I'm like do we really shoot that whole movie <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a dream like a whirlwind dream um, Back to reality. <laughs> it was just a few days less time than the stylist, um, which did make it more challenging. Um, but it was awesome. It was I worked with a lot of it was pretty much all new a whole new crew was not the same people from the stylist because it was something I was hired on to. And it's being produced by uh, executive produced by Eduardo Sanchez, who's the director of the original Blair Witch project. Um, and he's directed tons since then, but that's obviously what he's very much known for only created a whole sub genre and a million copycats of movies <laughs> since then. But, um, so I'm a huge fan of Blair, Witch and of his, so to get hired onto it was just like, kind of like a, a horror nerd dream come true for me. Um, and we had a, we hired, we have Mike Williams, the one of the lead actors from Blair, Witch, is also in the film. And, uh, the only person that I had worked with on this project was the the little girl from the stylist, our flower girl at the very end of the movie, who had oh, it's yeah. a small role, but she has a pretty cool, creepy little moment with Claire when Claire looks down at her at the wedding and she smiles up at her. I love when I'm in a crowd and everyone kind of like laughs awkwardly at that moment. Um, but she's in, in my new movie and has a really big role. And awesome. I ever since working with her on the stylist, she's so good. I mean she's only 10 years old now. So she was like seven in the stylist and she impressed me so much. We only had her on set for like a two half days, but I was like, this girl is so, so talented. Someone should write a whole movie for her to star in. Um, and so when this script showed up and there was a, a, a character that was a child, I was like, Oh my God, can we get Vienna in it? And I like fought till the end to get her. Cause she wasn't, we were trying to cast locally. She lives in the Midwest too. But she has a big role. It's kind of like a classic kid horror role, which I never thought I would do. And it was so cool to be able to like, you know, do kind of like the Danny and the Shining or like. I just I don't t- tend to write stuff like without families or kids as someone who doesn't have kids, I don't think like that naturally. So it was very like intimidating at first, but also really exciting because I'm like it's she does has to do a lot. And that's a lot, you know, very asking a lot of a child and especially of being able to act out these scenes and she's incredible i'm so excited for people to see her in this thing i hope that like she's kind of like the standout thing and i'm like i want her to become a huge actor she's so great
1: (laughs) that's awesome um how did you come across the house that you got to film in
2: oh my god that house is so freaking incredible um (laughs) It looks. It was super found great. by our, my producer, Carlo Carlo Glorioso. He found it, and it's funny when he first showed it to us. He was like, "I know this isn't like the amazing mansion in the script, but it's pretty cool." And I'm like, "What? This is cooler than I could ever imagine us ever getting. Like, this is definitely as cool as the scripts, because we you know we write a script. You, it's like written to be maybe even bigger than the one, but we found like a five level, you know, like twelve bedroom." Mansion from the eight, 1800s. Um, it was. I'm a huge geek for like old architecture and creepy, like we were talking about creepy places. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, I mean, it was just a like a nerd dream come true to be able to film in like a house that cool. And it pretty much almost the whole thing is in the house. Um, which part of us thought partly we thought like that would be less, you know, easier because we're just in one place (laughs) but when you're in a house that has like a gazillion rooms and we're filming in like a lot of them it's like it didn't feel like we were in one place because we still have like oh we still have like 10 rooms to decorate and light and move (laughs) we're like moving all around all the time and but it was so cool awesome
0: uh i noticed that adam caesar uh the author of clown in the cornfield was on set with you does he have a part in writing or helping with the new movie
2: Yes, he wrote it.
0: Um, oh, did Adam he? Adam is so awesome. Yes.
2: Cool. I wish I was also directing Clown in a Cornfield. Hello, producers who are making that movie. <laughs> yeah, I heard that was coming out. <laughs> they, um, I don't know if they've even... they It's been optioned, but I don't know if they've even shot it or if they've hired a director. I don't know what's going on. But I love that book. I'm reading the sequel to it right now, actually. And so it was fun. I had met Adam and actually jamie nash who's another writer jamie wrote most of ed's films like lovely molly and exists and his vhs segment and what the hell i guess altered um but jamie and adam wrote another script that i was attached to a few years ago and that's how i first met them and we didn't get to make that film and but i have stayed in contact with them and they um jamie's a producer on this one too but adam reached out to me and he's like we have the script and it looks like it might actually get made soon he, this was like a long time ago and i i didn't know if that was anything real and then suddenly they ca- called me up in december and were like so we're going to make this movie are you available and i was like hell yes i am i literally nothing would keep me from doing it unless i was already making another movie is the only thing that would yeah. make me say no
1: that's awesome cloud in a cornfield is on my uh summer read list i read the first chapter but i've been in like a book funk but the first chapter was insane (laughs) it's so fun and i i was like
2: so geeked to i was so geeked to wanna like i'm like can i at least like pitch my vision to to the producers that own it because i'm like it's like a it's like very classic slasher it has lots of scream feelings to me not being like scream like but just of that era Mm -hmm. and i'm like and it's set in the midwest i'm like Come on, Midwest filmmaker. <laughs> I can go find this location easily. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you
1: come across any big obstacles while making this a new movie?
2: Always we do. <laughs> Every movie is so hard. And I think I think that's why like the the the, the like the feeling that comes with accomplishing these these challenges like figuring out all the pro- problem solving and like overcoming the challenges I think is like half of the reason why we do it it's like so satisfying to be able to figure out something that's like mostly impossible (laughs) um the most challenging part was just that it was like it was my first time being a hired director and so you know normally I'm, I'm producing my own movie so I'm like I'm the producer and the director so I'm working for myself and so with this like I had less control in that way and less time to prepare like I was hired in December and we shot it in February so I just had only a couple months with the script you know less time with just everyone in pre-production so it made the shoot itself just more challenging we just had to be like kind of I had I went in early every day to do more prep like stuff I would have had normally prepared weeks ahead of time I was still doing so it just it took more I just think more focus and more work um but I had an incredible team. i was say most of the, my dog really wants to be in this. Um, I, my other <laughs> dog, teen or Pepper, is the one in the movie. She's not running around over here. Okay. But um, but yeah, everyone I had worked with, or I had never worked with, like as far as like my cinematographer, everyone. But we just like jived right away. And the cinematographer, his name's Justin Brooks. He is a filmmaker who he made a movie called Alone with You that you guys should check out. It's on Shudder. Um, him okay. and his wife. Made it in the uh, pandemic, just like them too. It's very like, I feel like in the spirit of Blair Witch in that way, like, you know, they use like what they could, just them too, made a movie and it's like done super well. But Emily's actually in the film too. I was like, I'm stealing both of you and we're going <laughs> to make a movie together. Um, but it was great. It was, he, he's really a filmmaker who knows how to like, I'm, a, and she, Emily was telling me this too, his wife, who's also an actress, Emily Bennett, um, she's high anxiety person like me and she's like you and Justin are gonna be a great team then because he's like so chill and I'd be over there like I don't know what we're gonna do and he'd just be like we're gonna do this this and this and it's gonna be fine I'm like okay we're cool <laughs> He was just like, <laughs> you had to like I'm like like one thing changes and like my my brain melts inside and I'm like nah, everything's ruined and he's like Jill no it's not like that changed but we can still do this (laughs) and then then we would all figure it out and so i'm so appreciative to the team because it was very challenging but like we freaking nailed it i was sure we're gonna need it we're gonna have to beg for another day and we freaking made it on our schedule somehow (laughs) that's
1: awesome
0: (laughs) um if you'd compare this new movie to any other movies what would you compare it to so I know you already oh, kind of man. said a couple like the strangers. Um, but...
2: Well, it's hard to say that it's so it since it's a home invasion, but what's different is that it's. Am I getting in trouble for saying anything? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> the it this film is from the perspective of the invaders versus you know how most home invasion movies like the people who live in the house are the main characters. But... So in that way i feel like it's it's kind of more set up like a thriller because we're like with the bad guys instead of like hot you know being away from them and then them suddenly like scaring us so which i feel like maybe that's be- going to become my thing because i love to make movies about the bad people oh, who are is. or who are normally the bad people um but uh oh i guess like don't breathe which is was a big inspiration as far as like kind of because that's that actually is one that's from the invaders perspective too mm-hmm. um it has a lot of similarities to don't breathe and i really i rewatched it after i read the script and i was like oh yes we definitely should use this as a reference in a few ways like i really love how the visuals of don't breathe too um so you has a mix of that and then also like like i was saying some haunted house films i was looking at even like uh haunting on hill house kind of the look of that film and but it's not that's I think that's why I like this movie a lot. It's not a lot like a lot of movies. There's like little pieces of stuff, but it also reminded me of Barbarian in how layered it is. Did you guys see the new film Barbarian?
1: Yeah, I loved, um, I it. Fucking
2: loved it.
1: Yeah, me too. It's not
2: like it in this in like the type of story, but just how like Barbarian, I feel like you think it's one thing and then you think then you're like, then you think you figured it out and then you think like it just keeps changing You like you keep thinking like oh i know what this movie is and then you're like oh there's more i like this movie kind of does that um it's you know like there's just so many layers to it which i think is what made Barbarian so freaking awesome oh my god i need to watch that movie again
1: (laughs) (laughs) you just made me excited to see the new movie now (laughs) um it looked like you guys had a lot of fun in your rap party. You guys had some joints going and some beers. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys
2: do to celebrate? <laughs> um, I had so much fun hanging. I'm such a, like, I tend to fall. One of, the best things about making a movie is like, just like bonding with the crew. Mm-hmm. And I was nervous about this movie just that I didn't know anyone, any of the crew going into it. And I was just hoping we would have that experience. Like, or we would connect that way. And it really did happen. Um, like anytime we had like the next day off or like on a weekend we would all get together on saturday nights even um but for our rap it's funny we, whenever we try to have like official rap parties we're always way too tired because yeah we tend to like celebrate the second we actually say rap because you can't just like say like rap the whole movie's over and then just go home like you're all have all this adrenaline and it's like we wrapped at like 6 a.m one day so we're like then we all stayed awake till like noon hanging out and <laughs> we're planning to all just go back and sleep and then go back out that night <laughs> i'm like we're gonna be so delirious by the time that happens which is what happens um <laughs> but it was fun we've before we when we actually just all sat around after a wrap and just had some drinks and snacks we were like going around in a circle all talking about like it was some game one of my actresses kia dorsey she's our lead actress she pointed she's also a teacher when she talked to us after i was like i see teacher kia now (laughs) she was like explaining this game to us but she's like you're high you're low and you're uh uh-oh and we all went around and like shared like our high and our low and our uh uh-oh from the film it was really like a special thing to hear just everyone talk about the movie and like their favorite part um but yeah we get into shenanigans and i was joking because everyone aside from like there's certain parts of the crew are older normal it's funny like kind of the the crew heads are older like my cinematographer is my age or he's a little bit older than me and like my sound guy but otherwise the rest of the crew crew, they're always young they're like in their 20s and we're all like I'm going out with them every night and like or the nights that we would go out and I'm like I'm guys like everyone here is like 15 years younger than me (laughs) I have to leave (laughs) (laughs) but I just I loved them so much I become crazy with my crews like I love I fall so deeply in love with them. I don't even want to sleep. I'm like, every second (laughs) I have to hang out with you guys because this is all going to be over suddenly one day. That is how it is. Then it's just like over. You like spend every second with these people for like a month and then it's just gone. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So you said that the new movie is going to be coming to some film festivals. Um, I was just wondering when we'll be expecting an official title drop and trailer and where will we be able to watch it? Like, is it going to be hitting Shutter or Netflix or Prime or hitting theaters, potentially?
2: I, I'm i not sure yet. I know that we won't know that kind of stuff till we have the movie more put together. Um, I know we're hoping for the best. It'll definitely at least be on demand and stuff later. But a film by the same production company is there. They got a theatrical for it that's about to come out. So... That gave me a little bit of hope. I was like, "What if we could get even a small theatrical? I would be so geeked out But it's all you know. It's fun to in festivals you get to play theaters, but like, I I couldn't imagine having like an actual theatrical release for something. That would be so Mm -hmm. fucking cool.
0: Indie movies are the new hype right now. You know, uh, I know. Rink and Terrifier two. I I can. I can't believe how
2: great and it's so exciting to see like a film like Skin Rink get that big of a theatrical release that's insane mm-hmm. and not yeah. just like indie theater like like we have a theater here in City, screenland armor where they host panic fest um and it's like places like that i expect to show you know indie horror but like every every chain had Skinamarink rink and even terrify i was like what is going on this is incredible put my movie out there damn it <laughs> <laughs> i was bitter i'm still bitter that when i finally made my first feature then a a pandemic happened and so yeah. like most of our festival run was virtual and I'm like I still want to go back and do all that in person <laughs>
1: yeah at least you got all the filming done in time <laughs> yeah Um. now that the film is wrapped up do you have any plans for future films
2: um always working on stuff I have yeah. a script I've been working on since last summer that I need to pick back up now that I think I go through a thing where in the winter, I don't have any inspiration. Like, winter is so depressing for me. Mm -hmm. I don't get anything done unless it's like required. (laughs) In fact, I felt like this film that we just shot was like to me, like a saving grace because I was like, oh my God, this is going to be something that is going to like keep like a real job that's like back being creative, that's like has like a real schedule. And it's not just like when you're just on your own writing, you can just like you know not do it for a month and then be like oh wow i haven't made any progress there's no like no one keeping you accountable and stuff so having this to focus on all winter was like a like a freaking godsend i'm not even religious but like i can't figure a better word for it (laughs) but it's like i was so thankful for it and because and also before that i was just feeling like kind of low in the sense of like am i ever going to make another movie again it was just feeling like so hard to like keep going um and so, but all last summer I was writing a script and it's not horror at all. It's like an indie indie drama. Um, and I really want to get back on finishing that because it's like, it's probably decently close. I'm just really, really insecure with my writing. Um, but I'm also talking to a producer about a new project that I'm hoping to get attached to. That's actually more of like an action horror revenge movie and i've been like literally saying like i want to make an action movie so i feel like i'm like putting it out there and it's coming like this would be if i were to be able to make this one it's like the perfect bridge of like horror meets action and then i could prove that like see i could make an action movie um and a lot of my favorite like indonesian uh like korean directors do that i feel like they make there's a few directors from that area that will make they make horror and action and films that kind of like cross the line of both and I'm like that's what I want to be, <laughs> um, so I'm really hoping this goes somewhere which that's totally like nothing I can talk about in detail, but that just came into my life in the last couple of weeks, so I'm really excited about it awesome uh
0: tell us about the uh, the movie Black mold that you helped produce um is it hitting festivals as well the trailer is out
2: um we're still working on a trailer in fact, I'm actually. So, I'm a producer on it. I'm a kind of a smaller producer on it compared to w- how with the stylist, but um, and I did hair and I'm running the PR and like submitting it to festivals. But um, we're making our world premiere next week at Panic Fest here in Kansas City, actually. And so, I'm very excited for it. I've intentionally haven't even watched the finished version because I'm going to wait to see it in the theater. Um, but it's uh, it's written directed by John Pata, and he's kind of like has been an i told you he edited the stylist but he's been a big influence and inspiration on me through filmmaking like from the beginning but um black mold is about a photographer and an artist she's a photographer who likes to explore creepy old buildings here's the theme in this conversation <laughs> um and she likes to photograph them and she's like she's just landed this like dream showing at, a, at an art gallery and she's also managed to get a tip on to getting into this like creepy old hospital that like her and her friend have always wanted to to like get in and photograph. And so it's largely about them going to that going going to that giant hospital exploring it and discovering lots of things that <laughs> bring up her traumatic pla- uh, past. Um so it's like it's like a it's like a very psychological thriller and horror combo kind of like the stylist. Um but it's and we, you know, all of us filmmakers love to say something more than just like on the top, it's a fun horror movie, but underneath it all is what it means to us. But, um, so it was really cool because we, again, were in all these creepy, horrifying buildings. Um, which the downside was we were wearing like snow pants every fucking day of that shoot. It was so cold. Even inside, it's like being in a refrigerator in those old buildings. It's like the stone just like insulates the freezing cold. But um, it's really it's a really unique film, and it, it stars a. Uh, it also has Jeremy Holm in it. I don't know if you guys saw The Ranger, which was a slasher that came out a few years ago about a park ranger. Um, he's in the film, and he's incredible to work with. Um, in fact, after working with him, I'm like. You guys need to make a ranger, too. I mean, I, when I saw, I saw the ranger, I'm like, it's such a funny character. It needs to become a franchise. But um, it was so cool to work with him. And he plays a really unique character that we haven't been able to even, like, release pictures of. Cause we're like, he's such, like, a thing in the movie. We don't want anyone to know about him <laughs> until, like, it's been seen finally. But, yeah, we're submitting to, like, all over the place. So we're hoping that it'll it'll play through, you know, like, through the end of the year. And as far as, like, where it'll release to the public that those are the kind of things you kind of figure out as you're going through the festival run and see who who's interested in it and i know we're waiting to release a trailer i think till we have a couple more festivals lined up but yeah we're hoping to release a clip here soon and some more stills from the film
1: cool concept sounds interesting um who is someone you would like to work with in the future
2: Oh man, there's so many people to choose from. <laughs> um I'm going to go with a cra- crazy one that came to head- my head first. Um Claire Danes, I would love to work with. Uh she's an actress. She's who I named Claire in the stylist after and oh, okay. she played Juliet in the Romeo and Juliet from the 90s, which is one of my favorite films, um which is like a huge inspiration. The a lot in the stylist is very inspired by Romeo and Juliet, the look, the story. Um So, yeah, she would be a dream to put in something. I feel like she's very, which I think is very cool as an actor. She's very, like, choosy. She doesn't, the only thing she's been in, to my knowledge, well, she's been in a new show that I haven't seen, but she was in Homeland for the last, like, decade. And when I finally saw Homeland, it reminded me how good she is. I'm like, you don't see her in very much. And I'm like, I'm sure she just is, like, she's not just going to do whatever. She's only going to do really good stuff. (laughs) Which that's that's the something I feel like that people don't realize about actors that's we unfairly judge the stuff that they're in, but it's like they don't get to like they, they just take whatever the hell comes their way. Sometimes they don't have a choice; it's like either I do this or I don't work at all. Yeah. So it's like they don't always love everything they're in. They just have to work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, we got one more question. And it's from our listener. Uh, it's Aubrey from. Uh, killing time podcast he says uh what is your best advice for somebody wanting to get into directing
2: so sorry i lost my ear but i heard you um (laughs) best advice i think um i you might have heard me say this before if anyone listens to me but um i think a lot of it is just is not being afraid of like what you don't know yet because that's been something that I've had to like continually I think like remind myself and learn again um that keeps me from like trying something new because like everything seems scary from afar especially like making a movie like the like the big picture of it is like terrifying because it is like there's a lot but anything can be done like when you break it down into just like literal lists and step by step um so it's just a matter of like not yeah not being afraid of what you don't know because you're not going to be to figure it out until you do it. Like there's so much you know like we wish we could just like we already know it all and then we do it but it's like you can't figure it out without literally doing it. Um and I feel like that's something that I read somewhere or someone said to me that's like yeah we can't it's even as simple or like comparing it to just even being a hairstylist like you could read all the books but until you cut somebody's hair which you're probably going to make mistakes as you do it you can't figure out how to actually do it without physically doing it so I think it's just to not be a because I even like before I made my first feature I'd made a lot of shorts and we really were trying to make the stylist into a feature for what it felt like forever and I had to remind myself, like we just have to do this ourselves, not wait for someone else to figure it out for us. And um, that's always been how I've figured done anything. But it's yeah, just a matter of just breaking it down like piece by piece, and because anything is too is too intimidating from like the grand scale. But anyone can do it. Like I have no idea what I was doing. I didn't go to school for it. I still don't know half of the terms that they say on sets. None of that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, anyone can do it. Yeah, It's about, like, believing in yourself. Like, all that cheesy stuff that they say is so freaking true, and people, like, want to laugh at it, but it's like, if you want to do it and actually believe that you can and then hold yourself to that, then you will. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. I honestly believe that kind of stuff. Like, I'm (laughs) like your brain your mind is powerful and if you don't think you can do it then you can't like i said because you will hold yourself from doing whatever it is
1: yeah well those are all the questions that we got (laughs) i'm very excited for the new movie now that we've talked about it thank
2: (laughs) you (laughs) thank you so much for talking to me guys
1: yeah thanks for coming on um before we finish up do you want to plug your account one last time for people that want to find you
2: yeah, uh, please follow me at jill Six S I X X on all the places. And I have a website, 6tape.com, which I desperately need to update. Oh, my God, <laughs> the pandemic and everything has been bad um, for me in updating my website. Um, but, yeah, please follow it all. And through that, you'll see all the other things like Black Mold and The Stylus. And hopefully the name of the new movie soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll be keeping
1: an eye out. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Our Life in Horror. We have our Patreon up now and thank you everyone for listening. Stay spooky.